Welcome to Business Talk Sister Rock. I'm Becca. And I'm Ruthie. And today's episode title is How to Buy an Established Business. And with us today, we have Daniel Lee. He started his journey in corporate America, decided to do something different. He has two little kids and lot that have lots of energy and keep him on his toes. And he actually, if you've been listening to the Resourceful Agent podcast, he was on that podcast recently. And also... I think he sounds like Tom Hanks, but I'll let you decide if you think that's true about him. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here with us today. Uh, nice intro. I don't think I've ever been introduced as, you know, it's such a, a, a wide span of, of topics and that's hard to follow. It sounds around. like Tom Hanks. Great, great. She was so excited after she talked with you. She was like, man, he is, Caden sounds just like Tom Hanks. And I was like, okay. I wish I had some, I wish I had some lines for you, you know, some Tom Hanks lines uh, <laughs> that, that I could rehearse. I, I need to have that prepared. Well said. Well said. <laughs> I was probably saying it. You, know, you, you need, he says it so angry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. Fair. you really have to get in the character. Maybe well, you don't want to. You know, you can you can maybe send us like a video clip of that and we'll share it on our Facebook page. Yeah, well, thank you, Daniel, so much for being here. Um, we're excited to get to talk with you. Um, okay, so we've introduced you. Now tell us a little bit about your story. What do you do? Well, I think my story you know, starts out like many folks start out and work hard, go to college, get a good degree find a good job with a good company, work your way up, uh, did a stopover to get my MBA. Um, I found myself uh, with a finance degree and eventually started working for an insurance company and really piqued my interest and just kind of curiosity uh, working in a claims department. And so um, I handled claims for a little while and then worked my way into managing and leading a team and then into the department uh, moved companies once, and the the stint that I just left, I led a region for a major insurance company focusing on their small business insurance product. And so it was really interesting that I my role uh, was to lead a team of sales professionals who would call on independent agents, and we would go and sit and talk to those agents. Well, they are small businesses of themselves from, you know, a couple of employees and a small office to, you know, very large, large companies. So just talking to the agents, I got a lot of exposure to small business. And then we were talking about and trying to write more small business accounts. So a really interesting and broad exposure to that. Um, so spent 15 years in various capacities, but all of the work um, that I spent was majority in leadership, building teams and delivering, really delivering a, pr a product through people, you know, people with the service, how you executed it in, in claims or, you know, insurance, we talk about it's, it's an invisible product until you need it. So um, just after mine, I turned 40 last year and, you know, I think that just had my curiosity peaked about, you know, what, what else is is out there? And so I began a search to purchase a small business and uh, completed that search. And so that's that's kind of my story. And so now I um, I play general manager in my day job and and the owner of a small window and door residential replacement company here in Kansas City. Wow. Okay. So that's a bit of a transition. Mm. Um, 
what you said that you wanted to acquire a small business. What was your why behind that? You went from insurance to this, but why? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So I toyed around with an insurance agency because that's what I knew, you know, and I, I ran, you know, I did a lot of the, the financials, you know, what would it take and all the, all that type of stuff. And I eventually turned away from looking for an insurance agency because I thought there could be significant value taking what I had learned from an insur- either insurance operations, small business from an agency and applying it to a different industry. And how I went about searching and, and deciding, and I, I get this question all the time, how did you decide on you know, buying a window and door companies? You, you just must really love windows and doors. You must be so passionate about that. And the answer was not necessarily. It was more, it was more along the lines of what am I passionate about? So I spent, you know, I get up at 5.30 and I would spend time. I read this book. It's um, uh, something about being uh, the road less stupid. <laughs> There's a very catchy title by Cunningham is the last name. And so he talked a lot about just thinking and about um, just sitting in silence and thinking, you know, so, sort of meditative, uh, but from a business perspective. And so I did that for probably months. And I came to the conclusion that I wanted to be involved in something that I wanted to be involved. It's going to be work, but it was a destination to some future. And that future, really what I wanted was freedom, freedom over my time, um, you know, that comes with some financial freedom, but that really wasn't the, the, the driving motivation. Um, I wanted to do the work that I wanted to do. And in corporate America, I had the opportunity to do that uh, quite a lot. Um, certainly there are, there are um, hurdles to that because you're working for, you know, working for another company. But so, so, so I just started to think in those early morning sessions about where did I want to go and what's the best way to get me there? And I found that a, a business ownership was, was the way to get me there. More of business ownership's my vehicle to some future versus uh, the goal being business ownership. And through, throughout the years, I had several leadership assessments, 360 feedback from employees. Um, when I do interviews or when I, when I am being interviewed, I just take notes and notes and notes and just r- write about things. And so I cataloged those over the years, my strengths assessments, my leadership style, feedback from from, uh, my direct reports and all that type of stuff and just kind of found, all right, what do I do well? What have I done well? And I identified I had done well working with people. I always enjoyed having a close-knit team. My direct reports were always close-knit. We would do things like um, you know, we do things after work, not friend, n- not so friends, but just a very tight knit team. And uh, so I wanted to be around people that I enjoyed and that shared similar passion. Um, I had always delivered results through people, never, uh, you know, this, this awesome product or the product was the collection of people working together to achieve an outcome. That's what my success was. And um, my strength finder, which is a, a, a Gallup, um, a, a Gallup survey says that I really, what I do well is strategy and strategy being defined as I take a whole bunch of data, whether it be physical data or data coming at me through my, my senses, and I can quickly analyze and develop alternative solutions. So I wanted the ability to steer my own ship. And if I want to go a different direction, I could do it. And I didn't feel 
constrained. And so when, when I really found out what type of car that I wanted to build, so I wanted to get into this, and I'm using the analogy of a car, I wanted to get into this car and it was the type of business that I wanted to get in. So um, that's, that's kind of how I started. I, I, I developed this target statement of, I wanted a service-based company with, you know, I think I had four to 600,000 in seller discretionary earnings that had an established sales process and in need of operational efficiency. So my two roles in corporate America was a, a manager of a department of claims. And I defined that's more customer service operation. And I did sales for three years. So I wanted a company that had, I felt stronger in operation. So I wanted a company that had an established sales routine and um, where I could come in and add value. And there was a role for me to play to improving operational efficiency. And I chose to buy a business versus start a business for just a couple of facts. So first of all, there's stats like one in 10 startups um, succeed or last five years, but there's incredible statistics on businesses that are uh, established for 10, 15 years have have a, a tremendous success rate. Businesses that earn revenue of over a million dollars have a very high success rate. Well, those businesses ironically are started and owned by the baby boomer generation. Baby boomer generation is retiring at or you know turning 65 at the tune of 10,000 people a day. And so there was an opportunity of the 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 folks in the country that own the businesses are at an age in which they're transitioning out. And I had learned from my insurance experience that many of either the businesses or the insurance agencies did not have great succession plans. So I really thought there was an opportunity to one, find an established business that had a perpetual stream of income and somebody was ready to move out. So... Okay. That's how I got there. I mean, I could keep going and going and going, but I just feel like, I, you know, there, there's a producer over, you know, there should be a producer in my ear saying, wind it up, wind it up. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll do two episodes and then people can get all, all the sure. information from you. Um, but you were, as you were talking, you were talking, it said that you were strategic as one of your strength finders. And it just made me, I grabbed my little book and was looking at the, <laughs> at the description here. And uh, as you were talking, I was like, yep, mm -hmm, yep, mm -hmm, this is all him. <laughs> like, and one of the things that it said is that the strategic theme enables you to sort through the clutter and find the best route. And yes. that your, your uh, theme at work is <laughs> you're always asking what if, and then you select and then you strike. And, I and just, then I go, yes. Yeah. The, the, the flip side of that, you know, use your strength too much. You know, you, you bring a hammer when you need a screwdriver is <laughs> I have a difficulty you know, I have, I'm impatient when others don't see the, you know, the order through the chaos as fast as I do. So that's something that I constantly work on, especially in a leadership position. I'd find myself sitting in a conference room with, with a bunch of um, other, other folks that were on the team. And as the leader, if I demonstrated that impatience, it shut everybody down. And, but what, what really made us great is when we had everybody's strength. So that was just something uh, while it is my strength, it was something that I was trying, I always tried to be very cognizant of. I can't say I was amazing at it, uh, but whether or not I was able to produce it or not, I was very aware of my impatience of that, um, which is just, you know, anybody's weakness is their strengths overplayed. Okay. So let's get into the how a little bit more yeah. here. Um, okay. How did you prepare 
to purchase the business that you ended up buying? Well, it was an 18 month process. And I started on March 23rd, 2019 with a friend of mine. He and I were just meeting and talking and I, we just declared today we're, we're, we're declaring today we're done day. So we just put a marker in the sand and said, all right, within three years, we're going to purchase a bio business. And then the next step I started to do is I shared it with some close friends. I went on a golf trip with some college friends and I shared that with them. And that putting that out there publicly was the first time I'd ever done that. And that just created some accountability. Uh, and then I just started reading about topics that I did not normally read about, about running a business. So I read a lot of leadership, all that type of stuff. I've got a lot of titles um, that have had a you know tremendous influence on me. I started reading things about marketing. Uh, believe it or not, I got my old accounting book textbook out from my MBA and I read it uh, <laughs> like a big nerd uh, that I was. But I just was, I was going through all these topics of business ownership. And then in, I think it was December, 2020, no, December 19 of 2019, I read a book um, called Buy Then Build by this author named Walker Dibel. And he's advocating exactly what I, I was thinking. And but he he had he had gone through it. So I really used that from that point as a playbook and it really refined my search. And one of the biggest pieces, two pieces of advice that that he said. Go to a business broker and a business broker is a, for those of people who don't know, business broker is just a real estate agent for um, businesses and it's, you don't see them advertised out there as much, but the businesses that the business brokers have, if you use the home analogy, it has been um, cleaned up, their books are clean, they have it ready for sale, they've prepared them for what the value of the business is. So that was that was one really great piece of advice. And so I developed this one page sheet. It had my photo on it. It had my target statement I shared earlier, had a little snapshot of my net worth, had a little snapshot of the team, lawyer, accountant, et cetera, people that I'm working with and who I am professionally. So when I sat in front of a business broker, think of it as a resume saying, but what's important to a business broker closing a sale? A business broker might close one, two sales a year, uh, but yet work on a lot of them. And so I wanted to convey to them that I was serious. So I was capable. I knew what I wanted. I was financially able to do it and, uh, you know, see me as a viable candidate. And so I would sit down, I called all the business brokers in town, essentially, I mean, probably not all of them, but many of them and took a meeting. And I, I, I shared my document with them, say, here, here's what I'm looking for what type of listings do you have? And so the process is uh, if you want to list your business, you're going to take it to the business broker. They're going to, they're going to spiff it up, but then they're going to go first to their close clients. Um, I think in real estate, they call it a pocket listing. Um, and then after that, they're going to send it out to maybe their email address and they might post it on some, some online sites. And so going through that process and looking at businesses and when you look at a business, this is just their financials, a write-up, some a little bit of the story. You can go look at them online. You have to sign a non-disclosure agreement. And I got a sense of what was out there. And I would run financials. And I start kicking the tires on this opportunity, that opportunity, looking as many as I can. And found my way into the business that I ended up purchasing. 
Yeah, so you mentioned so many things. Um, first of all, I, I also just learned about you that you kept your accounting textbook for over 15 years because that's how long you're working in insurance. <laughs> but um, my question is, so while you're doing this process and you had kind of shown um, your resume, is that typical to bring to a business broker or was that just something you thought up on your own? You know, I don't know if it's typical. Um, what I, 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 I so as, as far as I know, I created the one pager, uh, that template that I created. And, but it's based upon what's important to the business broker. So the business broker represents the other side of the transaction. So I was trying to understand that the business broker probably does a lot of transactions a year that don't actually go through. So I wanted to demonstrate, and so I wrote this down in my journal, this is the takeaways. When, when I walked out of that room, I want the business broker to say, that guy's got his stuff together. He knows exactly what he wants. He has the experience to do it and he can close the sale. So like I put my credit score on there. I put, um, you know, assets minus liabilities and you could see my net worth. Uh, and I used an SBA loan to purchase it. So I've got good credit. You, you see, I can put a down payment. I could uh, secure good, sorry, good terms with my, uh, with my credit score. So the, the business broker is thinking this. Now that's the same thing as you want with a resume, but the resume says, talks about your professional qualifications. And what the business broker would care about is more than your professional qualifications. And I bet there's a lot of folks that um, just like any, like any real estate agent, so a lot of tire kickers, uh, fewer buyers. So I think the piece of paper that I put together might've been uniquely mine, but the idea was just simply trying to tap into what um, this role is concerned about. And then, and they're going to be my gatekeeper to the business owner. Well, then the, now the mm -hmm. business owner sees this thing too. It's like, Oh, Hey, and this is a small, you know, uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of like marrying off. I, I think of it like as a, as a parent having a child and marrying off their kid. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to give this to somebody else to take care of. And um, I wanted them to say, to see this and be impressed or, you know, at the end of the day, when I actually got to the owner, I wanted to create the sense the owner wants me to have this business. So that's kind of where it all started from. Okay. So you had this resume that you gave for people to vet you and you said earlier that you kind of just like went to all the brokers in town but how did you kind of decide which brokers that you wanted to work with how did you vet them um yes yeah, so google search simple um okay. as that and that i mean that's one of my methods the, the probably more effective method was I started networking with you know so it, to prepare i went to a lawyer Hey, can you draw up a transaction? Are you familiar with these transactions? Yes, a business lawyer. And who do you know that does these? You know, business brokers. Yes, it gave me this name. I sat down with an SBA lender prior to doing any of this to understand what would it take to secure an SBA loan. Showed him my one pager. I think I called it my buyer profile, is what I called it, my buyer profile, and had the SBA lender say, Hey, could could you take a look at this? Would you, I mean, would you lend to me? There's no such thing as a pre-approval um, like you would think about with a house, but had him give me some uh, um, information that, yeah, you look like a good candidate. Okay, great. Uh, what do I need to do to prepare? Who do you know? 
And he referred me to somebody else. And then I need a CPA to help me uh, do some due diligence on the business. So I went and got some referrals for a CPA and I asked that person. So I just, at the end of every conversation, I would ask, who else should I speak with? Now, a business broker is not going to refer me to another business broker, but essentially that's that's how it happened. If you just come in as a random Google searcher, I think they're going to um, be a bit skeptical, but oftentimes I would ask, the, ask my connection to give me an introduction to somebody. So it's a little easier maybe to go to a lawyer, there's a lot of lawyers, and talk about the transaction and would you be willing and capable? How much would you charge for this? Hey, who do you know about this? So, so that's, that's really how um, I think the most successful part of, of getting to the business broker would be. Oh my goodness. We've gone through so many things so far. And I feel like you're so good at answering questions we wish we would have also asked and like clarifying those things. So thank you. Um, and if you guys are enjoying this, you need to tune in next week because we're going to be doing the second part of this with Daniel. Um, how, just really quickly, how are ways that people can connect with you? Well, a couple of ways. I think if you want to check out what our company does, our company website is windura.com, W-I-N-D-U-R-A.com. Uh, we are also out there on social on Facebook and Instagram. If you want to connect with me directly, probably the best way to do that is find me, Daniel G. Lee on LinkedIn. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to transition into the sister gawk portion of this Ooh, okay. episode. And Daniel shared with us something that we just thought was like, oh man, we need to talk about that. <laughs> because this is very unique. Not everyone has this experience. So um, you probably are one of the few people I know that has delivered a child, it sounds like. <laughs> I, I did, and I had no formal training, and it was, fortunately, it was my, it was, well, I guess the formal training was, it was, it was my second kid, so I had been through a childbirth before, and I'm sitting in a meeting, and I get a buzz uh, from my wife, and I look at it, and she says, I think I'm going into labor, so I, you know, not speed home, second kid, and um, we get home, and her water break, no, no, she, we get home, and she decides, we need to go, we get in the car, and her water breaks in the car. And we, we live in the suburbs. We are not but three to four miles from a, um, from a hospital. And we jump in the car, we turn left, and we, and we go down the street, and she tells me, this baby's coming. And so we're at an intersection. It's red light. There's a fire station right there. So I honk the horn, and I run this red light, pull right into the fire station. We just, we're going to be saved, I think. And I get out. <laughs> well, this is a satellite fire station, and they are out on a call. Oh no. And so I'm trying to <laughs> dial 911 and you know you don't ever dial a number in your phone. I can't dial 911 and then I I walk walk around to the passenger side where my wife is and we've got no choice. Mm. Baby is coming out. Um so we deliver uh the little fella right there and we sit there for eight minutes waiting, call 911, sit there for eight minutes waiting for the ambulance to come. We ended up uh, getting the recording of that. Uh, the lady <laughs> they gave who, it to you afterwards. <laughs> well, it's public record. So part of my insurance knowledge knows that, you know, 911 calls are all public record. Uh, so mm. we called and got the record and it's, it's, and we listened to it on January 2nd, mm. uh, which is his. January 3rd, geez, uh, which is, which is his birthday. But you know, what's so, so interesting is this kid's personality. It like makes so much sense. <laughs> he's, 
He, he, he has the personality about, of someone who was born in yes. a, a parking lot. Of a uh, and I, I think later in life when he tells that story and they're like, ah, that explains a lot. <laughs> I recently, my, uh, our, one of our younger brothers, there's seven kids in our family, but he's, um, in the military right now at boot camp, but he, before he left, I don't know why, but he was like, I need you to watch this video. And I was like, why? And he was like, because we have a lot of sisters. Someday you might need to help birth a child. And so he made me watch this video wow. on how to prepare for um, birthing a child. So I would not be much help, but I would at least have a video to pull up for reference. You are ready. I mean, you can YouTube anything these days. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Well, you're not alone in that. This actually happened to my brother-in-law and sister-in-law like a couple this last November or October or so. And we'll have to talk about that some other time, but <laughs> thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciated it. You are welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and if you guys enjoyed this episode, you should stick around for next week's episode and also give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Have a great week.